Welcome to the Rich Stylist Podcast. I'm Ashley Diana, business coach for Hair Extension Pros and founder of Rich Stylist Academy. I'll be your guide as you begin to attract your dream clients, create amazing extension transformations, and have your bank account overflowing with cash. Let's go. Welcome to Rich Stylist Podcast. Ashley Diana here. Today I'm chatting with Tiffany Scott. Tiffany is a boss. You're going to love her. She's a salon owner in Newport Beach, California, a hair extension expert, and the founder of the luxury European fabulous hair extension brand, Tiffany Scott Hair Extensions. I'll also mention that she is a mom of three. So yeah, like I said, she's a boss. We cover so much goodness and insider tips in this episode. We talk about what it takes to start your own business, how Tiffany got inspired to develop her hair extension brand, and of course we talk about why her hair extensions are fabulous. And we also go into clients and consultation, sharing tips to closing high-end consultations each and every time, and really having the confidence to build the business of your dreams. Tiffany actually has some epic and exclusive trainings inside of Rich Styles Academy, so I had to have her on the podcast. You can hear what she has to say about it all and discover more about her hair. You're going to enjoy this chat, and we have some really great, funny client stories at the end, as well as we each share our highest ticket hair extension services so far. It's a good one. I'm glad you're here for this. Let's get into it. happy that you're here on the podcast today. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to uh, be on your new featured podcast. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, Tiffany, you literally do all the things and you do all the things so well. I love it. Mom, business owner, CEO, salon owner, like all the, (laughs) you literally do everything. Now you're read, read, like demoing your kitchen too. So <laughs> I'm always finding something to do. You you do. You do. Um, by the way, just like what's the most exciting thing that's happened in your business recently? Like what's new? I would say, let's see, in the extension business, we just came out with a new uh, invisible tape-in extension product. So the hair's on top. Oh. So that's super exciting. That sold out pretty fast within the first couple of weeks we had it. So that was great. I didn't expect it to be such a hit right away. So that was amazing. And we just finally finished a like little salon suite that we added onto the salon for eyelashes and um, permanent makeup tattooing. So it feels good to have the salon finally uh, complete. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I didn't know that was a, a next step for you. I didn't know what to do with that room for a little while. And I was just like, let's do something a little bit different. Um, because it was more of like a sweet setup that we could have a totally different service to be able to offer. And I feel like permanent makeup and like lip blushing and microblading and all that kind of stuff is very up and coming and fresh into the beauty world. So um, I always want the latest and greatest. So that was something that was important for me to venture into. Yeah, absolutely. Do you already have a um, permanent makeup artist and lash extensionist like ready to go? Or are you looking to find someone now? I do. We already have someone in there and she works part-time right now and she's going to be having a baby soon. So after that, she'll be full-time. But um, yeah, it was great. She was 
referred to us by one of our clients um, and she moved her business into our salon. She was in a studio suite and she's like, Hey, I want the salon environment. And, you know, we service probably over 30 clients a day. So it was good, like cross promotion for her to be located within our salon. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You're in such a great location. Like you're, you are in like an epic location and your space is so beautiful. How long have you had the current space again? I'm so happy I was able to come and like see it in person. It's awesome. I know. I know. I feel like it's always better in person than from pictures, you know, can only do any place so much justice, but, um, it's been about 14 months for this new location. Yeah. So it's super exciting. Um, it was a great, you know, diamond to find during the pandemic, you know, something like that wouldn't come up so easily that large of a space like on PCH on the beach it was just oh yes during that tough time that we were able to find something vacant like that so it was awesome to jump in there and again like I said not only do you do all the things you open a new salon space in the middle of the pandemic I did it was really scary to do um but I just kind of told my husband like, Hey, when an opportunity arises, you just need to take it. Um, I knew it was a rare situation and we were able to, we needed to really expand and go larger. We maxed out on space at the other salon I had the very first year. Um, and I had that one for five years. So we were overdue and with having the extension business. And I really wanted to kind of bring the businesses together just because the salon does so many extension services um, to have more room for having in-house inventory, having classes. Um, it was just time to expand. And I just told myself, Hey, if I have to, uh, you know, work for free for a little while until this thing gets, you know, full of stylists and up and running, um, then that's what I'm going to do because I knew eventually it would pay off. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it, it has and is. I get a lot of questions about owning a salon. Like what, what do people ask you the most? What advice could you give them? I think the best advice is slow and steady wins the race. I know that, you know, when you open a salon, it's so um, emotionally taxing, financially taxing, um, but I think at the end of the day, when you make decisions based off of fear and emotion is when you get yourself into hiring bad staff or making an impulsive decision without thinking it through mm-hmm. that I feel like if you really are methodical and take a step back and not get so caught up in emotions and making decisions out of fear, that's when you make clear choices. And I don't think I could stress that enough because even the few times I've made decisions out of fear or out of like, Oh, you know, like, but we could be increasing revenue by this much. If we take this stylist and stuff like that, even the few times out of owning a salon the last seven years that I didn't listen, listen to that gut or to that, to the advice I'm giving, it's always turns out exactly the way that I thought like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that because then it's, it's harder to get rid of somebody um, like a staff member. And it really just takes one person to ruin the, the whole batch, you know, and sure. the energy in the salon clients feel, feel that in their experience as well. And you can have all the, a great team and one person just come in and then all your other staff is coming and complaining about the one person um, or, you know, same things when it comes to like construction in the salon or hiring an accountant or hiring anybody for anything, just really like 
slow and steady, like do your homework, you know, get referrals, talk to a minimum of, you know, three people in that category, whether it means interviewing three stylists, interviewing three accountants, interviewing three bookkeepers or mentors or whatever. It's just like everybody has their own take on things. And I think if you really do slow and methodical, you can, you can really pick what will be best for you and your business venture. I think that's such um, valuable and tangible advice about like the rule of three to really like, instead of just the first choice to, to, I think it's just a great rule of thumb to go with three in every area and then, and then choose the best. The other thing that I thought was interesting and, and also really valuable that you just shared is that, you know, um, previously you said with finding your new salon space, you said it was really scary, but that's, there's a difference between making a decision that you're kind of nervous, scared, excited about, and you're like, Ooh, like there's a lot of, um, maybe moving parts, but it's something that you really want and you have a vision for as opposed, again, there's still like that scary factor, but as opposed to literally making a fear-based decision to make the separation between the two of when you have fear of anything that means growth, that's normal. I think for no matter how successful you are, you're a billionaire, millionaire, whatever. I think any person that makes an investment into growing it, there's always a risk, you know, it's kind of like a gambling bet. It's a 50, 50, if it's going to work or not. But I think at the end of the day, if you're really passionate about that decision, you will do like I, like how I said, if I need to work for free, I'm like, worst case scenario, I need to work for free to cover the overhead, you know, until I can get XYZ stylist in here, you know? So it's just knowing, Hey, I will grind until I figure it out and not giving the option to fail and knowing you got to have all hands on deck. I think when you're a business owner, you have to be prepared for that regardless Um, it's so common that people say, you know, I quit my nine to five to work 24 seven and that's a hundred percent, you know, correct. When you own your own business, you know, you say, Oh, I have this day off. Well, people are still calling you. Things might be breaking. Uh, you know, a customer has a complaint, you know, there's always, um, something and being prepared for that. But I think, the fear of growth and then the fear of making decisions out of, or not fear, but rushing into decisions. I think when we're, you're a creative and you're a stylist, you know, we're not really excited about stuff. That's not fun. Like accounting and paperwork and filing sales tax and all that kind of stuff that sometimes we make those quick impulsive decisions because we just want to get it off our plate. You just like, Oh, I just want to get this over with. So you don't put, your energy into um, really getting down to the bottom of those things. I think I've been guilty about that in the past that I'm like, Oh, I just like want to hurry and get this over with. So then I take shortcuts or I just say yes to a a short, you know, quick yes to somebody before really spending more days and more hours um, finding the right person. I think that's, that's the difference or being desperate for income, which, Hey, we all need income when you're putting investment out there, but it's kind of like a relationship. You're busy being with the wrong person, then you can't find the right person. So, you know, it's harder to get rid of somebody than find, than talk to people that aren't a good fit and then find someone that's, that's perfect. Now, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from being in business for yourself? 
Um, I would say, you know, patience is really everything and things will always get better and better. You know, the first year in any business, whether it's a salon or an extension business or any business that you start up, the very first year is the absolute hardest. Um, that's part of why I waited to have, you know, I had, a, didn't have another kid for 10 years. I have a 10 year age gap because I'm like, Hey, I'm starting these businesses. You're so busy. And if you're not giving your business like 110% the first year it's open, it's probably not a good time to start it. Um, so I would say really that, um, is something that I've learned is you got to really make your business a priority the very first year, if not the first five, I feel like after five years, it starts kind of running itself more and more. You've worked out the kinks. You've figured out, okay, this person that I hired was not as good as I thought. I found someone better. Oh, I learned how to do this myself. So now I'm going to let myself take over this part that maybe other people shouldn't handle if it's finances and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I think just being patient and understand that there's a lot of trial and error, um, but all those mistakes come with growth, you know, and learning how to do things better and more efficiently. I think that's really great advice, Tiffany. Now, for stylists that are listening, moms that are listening, salon owners, what do you think about balance? And do you have something that helps you keep at least whatever your definition of balance may be, like in your life, do you have a morning routine or an assistant, like a life assistant, life alert is what I call mine, life alert. (laughs) How does that work out for you? Balance has been my biggest struggle always. And I think that's just because I always want to do more and I'm always giving 110%. I would rather not do it at all if I'm not going to do it right. So balance is very, very hard for me. I think I've finally come to a place in the last two years that I've been forced to find more balance just because I have two under two. So I think it's actually really helped me stick with my balance of when I say, hey, I work from these hours or these days, I kind of have to stick to that. So I think a morning routine Again, because of the kids, I, I have to no matter what. But I think a morning routine is huge of like getting up at the same time, making your bed. You know, I really keep my phone on do not disturb until the kids go to school. I don't want to be distracted and when I go to bed. So I used to in the middle of the night, if I would get alerts or emails or whatever, and I get up in the middle of the night, I'd always look at my phone. Now I kind of have this like promise with myself that when I say like, I'm going to unwind, I put my phone on do not disturb because if I see it, then it's hard for me to not do anything about it. Um, So I love that new feature on the new, um, iPhone. I love it too. It's actually, I use it and I use it all the time. Like sometimes my mom, sometimes my mom will mess me. He's like, are you okay? Like your phone's still on do not disturb. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I actually love it being on do not disturb because I go to my phone when I need to, instead of being distracted from whatever it is I may be doing. So it's like a feature that I really use and I love. Right. I know. So I think, I think the do not disturb feature is like, if you use it, it works great. I try and really stick to um, Monday through Friday, couple hours, maybe on Saturday. And I try and treat it as much as I can of like a nine to six, nine to seven, um, just so I can get the 
kids out the door without being stressed. I used to try and multitask while getting the kids ready for school. And I would forget something. I'd run late. I'd leave something on in the house. I mean, I was always making mistakes because I was just trying to do too much at once. So I really try and do things um, as a schedule. My life is so busy that if I don't have things on my calendar as an appointment, even if it's something personal, it won't get done. My nail appointments, my uh, hanging out with a friend for lunch, you know, when I take the kids to school, my workouts, um, everything has to be scheduled and time blocking everything is the only way to keep balance in my life. I used to have a personal assistant. I don't as much anymore. And I think that's because I just have delegated so many tasks work related um, of hiring more people to just help me take things on that. I try not to have uh, a personal assistant anymore, just because I feel like when I was doing that, it was kind of creating separation a little bit between my family life. And I feel like I should be doing those things. You know, I used to think, Oh, well, I can just hire someone to clean. Oh, I can just hire someone to do this. But I think at the end of the day, it was like taking, putting a lot on my husband and taking things away with my kids of like cooking meals and just like me going to the grocery store and know what they want and stuff like that. So I think by just delegating more work tasks, I alleviated needing a personal assistant. I feel like some of the people that work for me, it's arguable sometimes if they do personal tasks for me, but I try not to really um, overdo that. But I really think if you can be in a place where, I don't know, I've did so much stuff on my own for so long and be able to delegate things more, then it really lightens up your personal life a little bit more. So you mentioned you decided to delegate some like business related tasks. Let's explain like a little bit deeper, like what actually that is for people, for, for Silas listening. They're like, oh, like that's something that I, you know, whether now or in the future, I can aspire to delegate that. I would say hiring a bookkeeper is huge. Um, Whether you're just a stylist behind the chair or, you know, if you own your own business, I think that alleviates a lot of stress. Um, you know, because I feel like we do so many transactions per day, whether it's buying color or if it's like in salon stuff, um, just having somebody do it daily or weekly or monthly. Again, I've learned this now going through so many accountants and bookkeepers over the last like 10 years. If you like really like shop around, you can find someone for a really affordable price that if you're, if you really look at, you know, paying someone $150 a month, like let's say for bookkeeping, which is, I think very fairly priced compared to how many hours when you're not a bookkeeper trying to figure out and categorizing your expenses and making sure it's done right. So you're not audited and stuff like that, just so you can sleep at night. And then you can really just log in at any time and be like, Oh, this is exactly what my income is. This is, this is the spending. Um, I think that was, that's a huge, great thing, especially to, to like, make sure that you're not overspending and like knowing what your real profit is. So if you need to make adjustments in your business, you can, you can do that. And a bookkeeper basically delivers it to an accountant on a, in a, you know, a gold folder all ready to go. So when tax season comes, you're more prepared. You're not stressed out about what's going to happen. Having a social media manager and content creator, uh, that took me 
until only like two months ago to be able to find someone that can actually do that to my liking. Yeah. So that took a lot of time and energy off my plate. Um, cause all the other people I was hiring in the past, I kind of just started taking over and it wasn't really working. Okay. So that's huge. I have a salon manager. So every single day she's in, she's in the salon. The salon's open six days a week. She's there five. And then the, the one day she's not there, I'm there. And it's not as busy of a day. Um, it's on a Monday when most um, salons aren't open. So it's easier for me to manage the staff and just things that are happening in the salon. So having a salon manager too, if you don't want to be working five, six days a week, I think is totally worth the money. I kind of make her do a little bit of everything. She manages the staff. She helps clean. She answers the phones. You know, she gets clients, you know, something to drink. I mean, she really like is like salon operation. So when I think too, if you can hire one person that can do a lot of jobs and pay more, yeah, I think absolutely. that is better than hiring like, oh, this person to clean, like, you know, different tasks in the salon. It's just more people to keep tabs of like, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? I have a tech, I have a tech team and customer service for the extension business. So that's really helped. And I have basically everyone doing all the shipping and receiving as well. So, I mean, pretty much everything is running with everybody I've hired in place. I don't do nearly as much um, as I used to. I overlook everything all the time from yeah. home, which makes it a lot easier with the kids. And that's why I kind of planned it all out the way that I did is like, okay, I'm going to have these tiny little babies, but I want things to run efficiently. I had people already in place and then where I can still manage and work, you know, from home as much as possible without having to be running all around town. How does it feel now to have all that in place? So much better. And really, I feel like all of the things I listed really only, I only got there probably a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. And there's still stuff, you know, there's, there's still every single person I hire, I have to manage them. You know, you're still a leader, oh, yeah. you're still, Hey, why didn't this task get done? Hey, you know, next time when this happens, this is how I want you to word it or, you know, Hey, I like this, but can we make it more like this? You know, I'm still sending content creator inspiration. I'm still drawing out on a piece of paper. Hey, this is what I want it to look like. So even though I've hired these people, it's not like I'm not involved. It just lightens my load significantly. Instead of each job spending 20 hours a week, 15 hours a week, 10 hours a week, I'm spending a couple hours a week oversighting all of them. So like the next level after this, and I'm sure you can understand why people have this now is having like an operations manager where now you have like the manager who oversees all those, you know, three to seven, however many people you have right now. And then, then you only have to speak to like the one person instead of like this person. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it's interesting when you get to, you know, a certain point in your business, you go, Oh, now I understand why there's like a CEO and an operations manager and a COO and a like, all those different levels of the business because, you know, the, the person in charge or the founder of, of the company or the business is, uh, it's, you couldn't, it would be very challenging at some point to go and speak every day to every single, you know, person, you know, on the, on the team. Yeah. And I've, I've already had some conversations with somebody that's helped me work on every, on the extension business and has been involved in a lot of the salon and the whole like beginning of everything that, that might eventually come. But 
I'm also a control freak and all these businesses are my baby. So like, I feel like I can only let go so much and I do enjoy it. And I think a big part of the brand is that it is personable, um, that it is yes. related to me and people can have a relationship with me. So even though I think I can get to that place um, and it sounds nice at the end of the day, I think it will change the brand a little bit. So I'm not sure if I'll ever even let it get there just because I mean, maybe, maybe that time will come, you know? Um, yeah, you just have to see, you know, maybe it's clearly not right, right now, but you never know. Right. Five, ten years down the road, you, it, it could blossom into something that, that it, you know, it makes sense for. Yeah. What prompted you to create your own hair extension brand? Cause that's super, super exciting and, incredible that you took that step to to make it happen really most of it came from me being a stylist you know being behind the chair and I just I worked with all these hair extension suppliers and brands and you know so many of them wanted me to uh, work you know for them and there was just so many things that I saw um, as a stylist that wasn't ideal and I just kind of was like, I feel like things could be better. And still most hair extension companies specialize in maybe one extension. So it's like tape extensions, left extensions, keratin extensions. So when you do all extensions as a hair extension specialist, I would have to call one company before East coast time to order product. One, one I'd have to order online. One I would have to you know, order on a different time zone. So it it became kind of a small job just to be able to order supplies and making shipping, shipping cutoffs and stuff like that while trying to take clients. It was kind of, I was like, God, it'd be so nice if I could just order the same professional quality from one company, you know? So that really inspired me to carry every single extension method instead of one. Um, was it's all under one roof. You can place one order, talk to one person, or you can just place it through an app and be done with it. You can order your tape extensions, your weft extensions, your tools, your remover, anything you would ever need from one place. And um, when it came to keratin extensions, I just thought, you know, especially on fine haired clients, you know, they can sometimes only wear them for two to three months. And we all know, yes. it's, you know, for quality hair, it's very expensive um, for product and for the client for a service. So, and when it's high quality hair, two to three months is not wearing it for very long that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just feel like I can't believe I'm going to have to throw this in the trash. You know, it just seems so right. wasteful and clients sometimes would try and push their extension maintenance so much longer because of, because of the price, you know, they would have to get a whole new set every single time that I'm like, you know, girlfriend, you can't do that. It's going to compromise, you know, your hair. So I was like, you know, how can I make this better? Like for the stylist and for the client. So I found a way to be able to reuse and retip keratin extensions. So when clients come back in, they're not having to fork out that same high ticket amount every single time. I guess like what they're typically used to doing with, with Fusion, you're saying that they could get the right. same result and the same service, but it wouldn't be the exact same price every time. Right. And I think that's why Weft Extensions has really blown up over the last few years is for that exact reason is keratin extensions are so expensive. And then when you have to tell them they're not reusable and then 
clients, you know, are so tech savvy now and social media and stuff like that, that they're like, oh, well, I could go with this other extension. And yeah, maybe it costs me the same amount or maybe even a little bit less for the initial installation. And I can reuse the hair so many times and the maintenance is so much less. So I think clients were, there was a big shift away from keratin the last couple of years. It is coming back because I think a lot of people now have been to people that don't do a good job with application of weft or not all clients can be wearing weft. So, you know, people have experienced through kind of trial and error a little bit of and getting more education, um, how, you know, fusion is sometimes what's best for them. And if they can reuse it too, with our brand, it keeps the ultimate client loyalty on top of it. Cause it's like, okay, if you invest in this hair and you want to reuse it for a year, they can't just go anywhere and retip it. So yes. you have to be certified in that. So it really makes the client have to be loyal to you. Um, so I think that's great because more and more people are getting certified in, in extensions that it won't be easy for a client to jump ship. Yes. So um I think that was kind of like, okay, well, the client can save money by not by reusing the hair. And then the stylist won't have to be forking out the money for the overhead of the product. So they can still be pocketing the same amount of money for what they would make. So for instance, like, let's say you charge a client $2,000 for the initial set. And let's just say the client... Uh, sorry, the cost of product is 500 bucks. At the end of the day, the stylist is still only making $1,500 because the 500 is going towards product. So if the client comes in and you say, hey, you know, your retail services will only be 1500 versus 2000, the client saves 500. The stylist still makes 1500. So speaking of hair extension services, what are some tips or advice or secrets, because that's a fun word. What are some secrets you should share to um, closing consultations? Closing consultations. I mean, I think just really delivering a lot of information. Um, and I think when you offer multiple extension services, they don't feel sold on anything and just giving kind of like, Hey, you know, no pressure. Um, this is what I think what's best for you. In my professional opinion, of course, your results are going to be beautiful no matter what. You're going to have the hair that you've dreamed of. You know, you don't have to look at pictures anymore or Instagram and think, oh, I wish I had that type of hair. Like you can have that. You can have the Instagram worthy hair. You can have what everybody else has in one appointment. I think I pretty much, you know, tell them, which is true. It's like, I've never had one client ever regret extensions. I've never had anyone leave the salon without a a spring in their step and not feeling confident and beautiful that and that giving them a great overall experience in the consultation it starts it starts there you know just listening their listening to their concerns and their desired look and just assuring them that as long as their hair can handle whatever they're asking for of course that you can a hundred percent deliver what they're looking for and you have no doubt in their mind that they're not going to be happy having the knowledge and the confidence going into the consultation that you know, you know your shit, you know what you're talking about, you've educated yourself. I know, Tiffany, you have a very, a really awesome, um, I would say, I don't know if a questionnaire, but a consultation form that you can walk clients through that you share in your certification. And um, we did a, a training in Rich Stylist with you, which was just epic about consultations. But ha- having a, having a guide 
of, you know, what is it that I want to ask this person to make sure I convey. But um, I think confidence is a, is a big, is a big one when it goes into consultations. I agree. And that comes with, you know, first impressions or everything. When I have a new client, I'm not going to lie. I mean, what I wear on that day is definitely a little bit more extra, more jewelry, more makeup, a fancier outfit, nicer shoes, nicer everything. Um, Just because what I'm delivering luxury. So if I don't come off with luxury and that my expectation is luxury only, you know, that yes. it has to match the energy of like what you're saying, kind of like at the end of the day, like what you're selling. You're, you're, we're kind of a salesperson at the end of the day. And sure. it's true. I mean, that's why I have luxury items. I like quality in anything. So, um, I definitely do a little bit more anytime I have a consultation or, I mean, I will be a hundred percent honest. I will like put a little disclaimer out there. There's even been times I've like, worn some uncomfortable but really pretty nice shoes for a consultation and then if I'm working like a full long day I bring an extra pair of shoes to change into for later yeah yeah why not I've literally seen you do this in person (laughs) with your (laughs) and it's awesome you're I was like honestly Tiffany just put the sandals on you're like no I've got to have the heels on (laughs) I'm heels or Nikes only there's no between. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? I just had a major flashback when you said, you know, I've never, you've never had a client like not love their extensions. One time I had a, a, a gal who was not, I mean, she liked her, she liked her hair when she left, but then it was, it was the most interesting story and I can't believe I've never thought of it until now. Um, but we're talking like a radical different look. It was like she had, she had some sort of, previous hair loss situation but it was a little below her shoulders and really stringy like never wore it down because it was so stringy it was like it it just but she was also kind of scared to cut it because it was like oh I'm, I'm cutting off hair I'm gonna have less hair um anyway so she came in for extensions we changed the color to like a a deep vibrant kind of red violet and then we added extensions in to make it thicker but also cut it to be shorter so it was hot like it looked good she looked amazing like it was full it was like right above her shoulders like a just a nice healthy look you know and a, and a beautiful it was what it wasn't it was vibrant but it wasn't electric it was like a level four like red violet Gorgeous. it was yeah. beautiful it was so beautiful but a few days later um she came back and she wanted it removed she wasn't upset but she was just like, it, it was the most interesting thing. It was, um, she wasn't used to the attention with her, oh, wow. with her new hair. Uh huh. Yeah. It, Cause she had gone so long with, I, I don't know. It was, it was strange. I've, I had never experienced it before and I have, I have never again since, since then, but, um, kind of going from always wearing her hair in a little teeny tiny bun, never wearing her hair down to this, you know, vivacious. Yeah, vivacious, extra healthy, shiny, um, the kind of hair that someone would be like, oh, wow, your hair color is great, or wow, your hair is so thick and healthy. I think maybe she almost had an imposter syndrome when it came to her hair, like thinking like, oh my gosh, people keep complimenting my hair, like this is not me. It was it was very interesting. So that was, I don't know, it just came to my mind that was- Some was people don't like to be the center of attention. Maybe that's what it no, was. No, and like, with they her, it was like- eyes on her. Yes, and that was exactly what it was. She realized, she was like, well- 
it felt uncomfortable for her at the time. So I, I'm imagining that she's done more work since then and, you know, has felt better about herself. But, it, yeah, it was super, super enlightening. Yeah. But, again, that, that just goes down to, you know, as, as being a stylist, you we are working with the public. You know, you never know sometimes what someone's experiencing or what they're going through or how they feel. And you just have to be confident in your own self and your own skills and have that belief in you and the services that you offer and what you can provide that you do your best work and you put it out there. And, um, literally 99.9% of the time, it's just, it's just fabulous. But I feel like we've all heard the, oh, well, my husband likes it like this or my boyfriend yes. likes it like this, you know? What are some luxuries as a part of your client experience that you offer? Or what's like your secret sauce when it comes to the client experience? Um, definitely always having a rosé when they arrive and then they get oh. a little like kit that you know comes with a little card of the do's and don'ts of how to take care of their hair product and an extension brush I think a brush is mandatory um I love your brush I'm looking at it right now I have it next to me it's so beautiful I love it it works really well I love it yeah I just wanted it to be pretty so they're like "Ooh, I want that I want to use it I want it in my bathroom it's beautiful and you know we all know with extension aftercare I think brushing is probably the number one thing that they need to do for maintenance so I think including it with their first initial service should be mandatory just because you know if they don't purchase it or sometimes they try and buy some like weird aftermarket brush and then you agree with the mess yeah you have to because it's not like Oh, this is the brush you have to use and now here buy it. And they're like, Oh, well, I'll think about it. I'm like, no, but you have to buy it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's like, now there's no excuse for, you know, if they come back not taking care of their extension. It's like, Oh no, remember the brush I gave you? Oh, I lost exactly. it. Oh, okay. Well, you should have came back and got another one. Exactly. I helped you out. Okay. Tiffany, just a few questions for fun. What's the highest ticket price hair extension service ever? Um, I would say my biggest high ticket on in one sitting was eight thousand. I love that. I think I, I think I just had like a, a hair orgasm or a money gasm. <laughs> I was sleeping pretty good that night. Let's put it that way. Was it fusion? It was fusion, yeah, and it yeah. was for twenty four inch hair. So you know the cost of that that for the hair is yeah. a lot more. But I sure. mean. The what it and it was for platinum hair and it just like looks so pretty. So it was more for me sleeping at night. I mean, of course, the money's great, but it felt like the best work I did. So I, I bet was she, really happy. Um, but they were obsessed. Yes, yes. She's still now, my client, so she's she's happy. So with an eight k total price, was the client was she? like dumbfounded or was she like, okay, yes, girl, let's do it. I could tell, I mean, before I kind of led up to the price, I just kind of asked like, have you worn extensions before? Are you sure you want to do 24 inch hair? Cause she had shorter hair to start with, you know, like shoulder length. So I kind of, you know, unfold some questions before just dropping the price. And I was sure. just like, okay, are you sure you want to do 24 inch? Cause we're going to need already for it to look thick and long you're um, like getting and look natural. Like, are you sure? Yeah. Because how, yeah, I, yeah. Like, exactly. you have a black card or like how, how big is your wallet? I'm just wanting to know like, and the length of your hair. Are you sure? 
I just was like, we can do this, but for it to be done right, we need a lot of hair, you know, because sure. she had pretty thick hair and it was short and it was blunt, blonde, you know, and I'm like, yeah. do you want it to look like, oh my God, like hair goals? Are you kind of like, let's do the minimum to create that length without, you know, yeah. looking like extensions, you know, cause I'm like, we could take it next level. And she's like, oh no, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever it takes. And I was like, okay, well, if you want it to be next level and for it to blend right and be that long and match your hair density, you know, it's going to take an all day appointment and it's going to be $8,000. And she's like, great. When do we do it? Awesome. Was this her first set? With me? Yes. Um, And I think with me too, a huge reason why a lot of people come to me and they don't mind my price is because they know the hair is reusable. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because they were maybe paying close to that price. Um, but then they're paying that price every couple months. So even if it's 500 per time, let's say, I mean, depending on how many times you get a year and it's saving a couple thousand a year. My highest ticket extension price was 7,500. And then I did, I did two people in one day, one time, and it was like nine, 9,500 or something. The two, the two, the two together, but I, I, I couldn't walk for like four days. I like, oh, I know your body takes a beating. Yeah. It was something like that. I, I can't remember. I, I wasn't planning on sharing that. You're like, like my, you're like minus a thousand dollars for all my chiropractic expenses. That's part of it. I'm like, I tell the people in Rich Dallas, I'm like, listen, you have to include like, you know, if you can't do weekly, like start with monthly, like some sort of body work, like, um, acupuncture or floating or massage or all of the above, um, hand massage, get your partner or a friend or your hair assistant to massage your hands, like all these types of things. I use essential oils on my, on my wrists and such, um, when I'm doing a lot of extensions, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a long day. When I did the two people at the same on the same day, and they 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 were together, like it it wasn't like they they came to yes yes, so it was sort of like a one day sort of deal. But I mean, it was like eight eight a.m. until like one a.m. or something. Like it was a it was it was I mean it was super fun, (laughs) it was awesome. But it was like I was like I definitely recovered for like the week, but it was worth it because I was like, well, I'm also like. Sitting on cloud nine, it was great, and the hair was right. hair was epic. So I'm sure you felt the same way. Yeah, I feel like when you can also know like the job, like you know the price is great, but again, when you can match the business with the creative, and you're like, oh my god, like I killed it, like that was smoking, and it gets you excited. I think that's that's really what does it for us, you know? Yeah, absolutely, and and it gives you that natural high and that natural adrenaline too, because you're you love what you're doing. You're being well, you know, very well paid for it. Your um, clients are super excited, and it, it's interesting. I, I find that I think when you're not being underpaid too, when you know like you're getting paid your worth, like you know you have to, and like you you're gonna give it your hundred percent. You know, like you're like, okay, is this gonna look like? $7,500 with of work. Like my sure. goal is like your hair needs to look expensive. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, I mean, we want it to look like natural, but you want, you want them to walk out and be like, Oh, hello hair. <laughs> what is, yeah. 
I love it. Now, okay, keeping the the fun going. What is what's like your craziest client story? Do you have one? I do have a few, but the one that stands out to me the most is gosh, probably at least 6 7 years ago, I had a client that would always like last minute be like, "Hey, I need to get my hair done. I need I need new hair and I need it like installed." within the week. Okay. So first, <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah. To even have the appointment availability was like slim to none. And then on top of that, when we were talking about like ordering from suppliers from all over, this one was like an East coast one and, you know, to call and order it in between clients and making sure that, you know, it could be like overnighted or two day. Um, so anyways, this client, again, it's like Halloween and she has this party she needs to go to. And so I order the hair, but I haven't texted her back because I'm literally okay. like triple booked in the salon. And she's like blowing up my phone being like, oh my God, like, can I get in? Can I order it? Can I this? Can I that? Whatever. So I ordered the hair, but I didn't get back to her yet telling her I did. And I order hair every couple days from this one supplier from before. And so then the rep calls me and she's like, Hey, did you order? Oh, she calls me a couple days after I ordered it. And she goes, did you call yesterday? And I was like, no. And she's like, I didn't think so. It didn't sound like you. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, there was someone calling impersonating to be you to find out information on like an order. And I oh was like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, it, she's like, yeah. And then when she, when I asked for the phone number associated with the account, it wasn't yeah. the right phone number. And I was like, let me guess that she used my, you know, my cell phone number. And she said, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so obviously it was this client and it was tape extensions. It's something that I don't really do like often. And she was like, did she order it? Like, I just want to make sure when is it going to be sent? Like all this stuff. Like it was just so extreme. Like, girl, you need to chill. So you literally had a client impersonate you to find out where her hair was. (laughs) Yep. She tried to give like all my personal information and all this stuff. And let's just say, Shortly after that, she wasn't my client anymore. Um, oh my goodness. I had to fire her. She was just very extreme in all areas. And I'm like, okay, this is just not yeah. working. This doesn't work for my schedule. And um, I didn't even really get into like what she did because I knew she wasn't going to admit it. And that's sure. just like an awkward conversation. So that was just one of, that was my, one of my first three, five clients that I, fired it was very strange that is a really interesting so interesting story thanks for sharing so just to to wrap this up like this has been such a fun conversation and thank you for being so open and sharing so much value i'm just curious like what can we expect next from tiffany scott extensions i would say more education we're trying to do more watch and learn um training videos so you can get trained and watch videos at your own leisure as many times as you want then you can replay the video as many times as you want 
I think more and more things are getting virtual. So we're just trying to offer something, you know, a little bit for everybody. So that is in the works. And we're also actually developing another hair extension method. Um, that's kind of on the, on the down low. We're still kind of like working out the kinks, but it will be a, type of new weft it's kind of a new hybrid that's not out there yet so there's a reason why i haven't ever wanted to do hand tied wefts the stuff falls apart i'm not a fan um so i am basically trying to do something along that along those lines that is a lot better well that is super exciting i can't wait that's great Thank you so much. Um, thanks for being here. And I'm going to have all of Tiffany's information um, below in the show notes, her Instagram. So make sure to um, follow her and reach out and say hello in her DMs. And of course, um, her hair extension information is below too. Thank you again, Tiffany. It was awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Talk to you later. Bye. Would you like to be the highest paid hair extensionist in your city? of stylists make three to $5,000 per month. But as an extensionist, you can make that kind of money in one single day. If you're already certified by one of the top companies and you want to make the most money possible with that certification, then I'd love to invite you to discover Rich Stylist Academy. This is an elite mentorship where I give you the secrets to attracting the best clients, doing the best transformations, and making the most money. Stylists in this mentorship commonly have 3K days, $10,000 months, and six-figure years. Space is very limited as we only accept 10 stylists per month to this mentorship. Click the link and fill out the quick free application and see if it's a fit for you.